the sexist double standard at work. Clearly, it is kind of a double standard, but it's it's a double standard like in in the opposite way. Where clearly we... more anime women need to remove their shirts because anime men are allowed to. Hashtag free the nip. everyone and welcome to anime club after dark the podcast that delves into all things anime manga and otaku culture related i'm your host alex but you can call me senpai and joining me tonight i have our chivalry of shota's shotaro i like big butts and i cannot lie you other butters can't deny <laughs> girl walking uh, itty bitty waist and a round thing in your face can we continue <laughs> 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 All right, so tonight uh, you and I are going to be talking about something that's a little bit of a, uh, I guess you could call it a bit of a meta topic, but before we actually get to that, there are some news items that we actually want to talk about a little bit beforehand. Some of the stuff is just uh, some sort of housekeeping stuff that's been happening over the last couple weeks that I just wanted to briefly touch on. Um, one of those being... Uh, that HBO Max launches at the end of May, May 27th, as a matter of fact. In fact, by the time this comes out, HBO Max should have launched. Um, and it was announced recently that in that launch will be 17 anime titles from Crunchyroll, including the likes of Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, ReZero, uh, Bungo Stray Dogs, uh, Kill a Kill, Your Lie in April, Erased, 91 days just to name a few as well as the first two seasons of konosuba of hopefully many more to come um um i just i find it interesting because this is also on the backs of knowing that hbo max will be offering i believe most if not all of the studio ghibli film library so that will be the place in the west from now on to get your studio ghibli streaming fix um, I'm just I'm, I'm wondering if this is like the first step in perhaps HBO becoming like a legitimate anime streaming service on top of the like 800 million we already have um, and perhaps even licensing their own anime in the future like exclusively girl what do you think show Amazon tried and they crawled back into their hole so HBO you can try too. We're going well, to see if you're going to, to stay be, or crawl back. Well, to be fair, they're doing they're doing this at least this rollout of HBO Max right by not putting everything behind two paywalls. That was Amazon's big like fuck up was that they put their anime service behind a second paywall on top of Prime, which HBO seems to not be doing. I mean, a lot of other new streaming services have tried and failed. Um, it's true. So I'm not entirely sure if this one will stand the test of time I have hbo does have a lot of money already behind it I mean, so it so has does, that going so for did it. amazon so that's true that's true i mean you're, you're right the time time will definitely tell um i definitely don't think we need another exclusive streaming service no though. 
But if HBO just wants to be a place where you can get anime in addition to other places, I guess that's fine. Um, hell, for me, I think it's worth having HBO Max just for being able to watch all of the Studio Ghibli movies. Probably. I never watched um, one. But anyway, I just wanted to bring that up because I think it's it's interesting that they're they're licensing anime basically from Crunchyroll. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if anything else comes of that over time. Uh, something else I wanted to briefly touch on, uh, obviously because of the whole coronavirus thing that's going on around the world, there are a lot of anime series that we obviously know that are getting delayed and manga releases. Um, two that I wanted to just briefly touch on are kind of historic in that it's the first time that these very long-running properties have ever gone on hiatus, that being the manga series Golgo 13, which has been in, uh, in publication for 52 years now without uh, ever having to go on hiatus, and that's the absolutely freaking amazing. Um, and the other one is the uh, the anime Sazaya-san, which is, I do believe, yes, it is the world's longest-running animated television series. Uh, it's been running continuously for 45 years every week. And for the first time in that, that span, it's actually going on a hiatus, and it will actually air reruns. Um, so I just wanted to bring that up for how like unprecedented these are and how long-running these series are actually are i'm assuming you don't read and or watch either of those um i'm assuming you don't either <laughs> i have watched zaya-san i have oh never read Golgo 13 of course you have <laughs> i have not read or watched those okay i well i i, I say i have watched zaya-san it's aimed at a very you know young audience so i did watch it when i was younger but i haven't really watched it in many many years i said i have watched it in the past um, another news item that I want to get to, and this is actually very exciting to me personally, is that we, uh, it was announced very recently by Viz that, uh, the Inuyasha series is getting a brand new anime spinoff titled, uh, y- Yashihime Princess Half Demon. Um, and allegedly it's going to focus on the daughters of both Seshimaru and Inuyasha. Uh, so that'll be interesting. I want to know who the fuck decided to birth a child with Seshimaru. Um, but that's a story that I hope we actually get answered. A question we actually get answered soon. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I know you, you, you've told me in the past that you haven't really watched Niyasha, right? No, I have not. Hmm. Well, as someone who has watched Niyasha, it's very exciting for me because it was one of the formative anime that I had growing up that definitely got me really interested in, in, in anime back in the early 2000s. So it, it's just cool to have it back. I'm I'm hoping that there will at least be cameo appearances from some of the characters in Inuyasha. I'm assuming there will be. But um, according to this press release, this uh, anime is going to be airing this fall. Um, considering what's going on right now, I have my doubts about that, but we shall see. Um, and the last piece of news that I wanted to get to is also another anime announcement. So uh, Jun Maeda has come out of his five-year hiatus because every five years he likes to make everyone cry. Uh, reuniting with Key, PA Works, and Aniplex, they are going to be doing an anime original series called The Day I Became a God. Um, and oh. I- I'll... I'll, I'll give it to I'll give it to Key. Um, they 
they're still going with the giant fucking eyes. I mean, they've had this art style for 20 plus years now and they're sticking with it. I got to hand it to anyone that sticks with something for that long. You know, looking at that promotional art, I had assumed the title of this show was Goddess, but mm. maybe unless the word Kami-sama, maybe they're trying to be gender neutral. It might have been gender neutral or it might have been gendered male. I'm kind of curious. As to if this character in the art is a dude, I'm definitely am, watching this. I am skeptical. I am. <laughs> I would like my questions to be answered. <laughs> yeah, I mean, June Maeda, who I uh, mean, like I said, every five years he likes to make everyone cry. Back in 2010, it was with Angel Beats, and then 2015, it was with Charlotte. Um, he's also known as the writer with the key visual novels, uh, Canon, Air, Clanad, and Little Busters. So we shall see uh, what he's able to create for us this time. Uh, I'm personally looking forward to this. Um, this is also something that was has been scheduled to air in October. Again, I have my doubts about that, but we shall see. Uh, shall we actually get on to what we're talking about tonight, this show? What are we talking about? We are going to be talking about something that I'm sure won't divide absolutely anyone listening to this. <laughs> Oh, it's a very we're controversial gonna, topic. We're going to be talking about um, this idea of sexualization and objectification of anime characters. Anime, well, anime, manga, light novel characters. Uh, we're not specifically limiting it to anime. Uh, but um, I do want to start out by saying, yes, you and I are both fully aware that we're talking about fictional characters that do not exist in real life. Um, I believe legally... Entities are people. So don't you tell me mm. that Miles Bondel isn't a real person. <laughs> hey, show, I hate to say this, but your husbando doesn't even know you exist. So that was a nice podcast. Um, it's nice <laughs> that um, my stay at Anime Club After Dark. Um, I will really miss you. Um, bye. Um, <laughs> anyway um so the first question i want to ask about this is since i did mention it do you believe it's actually even possible to either over sexualize or uh, objectify a fictional character or is this something that just comes down to the personal artistic preference or taste of the person viewing the media you're gonna have to expand on what you mean by artistic preference I'm not entirely sure what you're trying to some say. Pe- like, some people, like, you know, some people have certain preferences for body types. Oh, when so are you talking for, about... like, an actual person to date. Okay. That's, that's kind of what I mean, just in an artistic sense, because these are fictional characters that are represented visually. And we're talking about... Because I feel like this question is based on a controversy that recently happened. Am I might... Am I confused? I don't know. What, what what kind of controversy are you talking about, show? <laughs> I feel like it's something you posted in our server. No? Uh, you'll have to actually... I post so much that you'll have to actually remind me. I don't remember the actual thing. <laughs> well, wasn't there like a fan artist who got oh, criticized yes, on yes, Twitter? Yes. Um, yeah, the, well, there was a fan artist who was, uh, I didn't even think about this. No, this isn't what I was talking about, but I'm actually kind of glad that you mentioned it. Um, no, uh, I'm going to casually scroll up through our Discord server and see if I can find it. 
I'm, I'm just I'm staggered that you actually remembered that. Um, I just look at this question and I think Alex is going to go on a rant about how everyone wants to draw these women with huge tits and how they're allowed to draw them whether people like it or not. I don't even know what that lady drew or that man artist drew. All I know is that people were angry. <laughs> um, um, I, I swear to God, I, I know what you're talking well, about. Well, find it in our server. On a similar note, um, there were artists who drew um, that character from Overwatch, the larger one, skinny. Uh, May, yes. Yes. So that's basically what you were talking about um in the most in the thing that you posted on our server about like an artist doing their I own found style it. i found it uh-huh. yeah okay so there yeah it was back at the at the end of april there was a popular fan artist who is uh who posts a bunch on twitter uh sakimi chan uh she was accused of being fat phobic because she did a like a, a drawing tutorial about how she personally draws two there are three different body styles and none of them were particularly shall we say overweight looking mm-hmm. but i i don't know I, somehow that became that the artist is fat phobic but yeah that that's the specific controversy you're talking about i didn't even really think about this when i put all this together but you are kind of right that that's something to talk about about this um interesting well that is a type of preference, though, because some people have a particular preference for more traditionally skinny characters, whereas some people like characters that are a little big. I mean, I mean, this is a complicated question, because just because you find skinny women attractive, for example, doesn't mean you necessarily will draw skinny women. I, I mean... That's kind of like that seems like the conclusion that some people might be drawing from that. Uh, I don't think that's necessarily the case. I think if you give an artist enough money, they'll typically draw just about anything. There's also okay. I I didn't mean to bring up this random point, but like talking about <laughs> fan artists and um actual people who write stories are two different things. Mm. Um but why don't you answer your own question and <laughs> okay then i will un- and then maybe i will understand where this is coming from i well i can if, if i were to answer the question myself i would say yeah it is possible to oversexualize a character in reference to uh the type of story being told like if you're trying to tell a story that doesn't really need some kind of sexual innuendo or you know any kind of sexual uh subplot then yeah it's certainly it's certainly possible to over sexualize a fictional character that way yeah so there are a lot of doesn't serve the plot yeah there's a lot of if ands or buts (laughs) a lot of buts no pun intended a lot of buts like it depends on a lot of different things um one of the things like you said is the type of story being told Mm. um the personality of the character if the character is going through like a really serious character arc, like I don't know, overcoming the death of their parents, then if they're getting sexualized, you know, you're not going to take that character seriously. So Yeah, it's like it's like having an anime where uh something like very serious like that happens like the death of a character 
and then you know a character that's very close to them's like the very next episode they're in a bikini and a beach episode like this is totally very different from what you've shown me and it doesn't seem very appropriate exactly and you know like you said genre comedy shows i feel are definitely have more leeway um in sexualization which is hence, oh absolutely hence the marriage of rom and com and more like mysteries or thrillers or drama a little yeah, just bit dramas in general yeah i mean you can have some well i mean drama can be also comedic but anyway well i guess not anyways a l- more in-depth plots or can get sidetracked by well a good a good example like some a somewhat recent example something like vinland saga right uh-huh. did that need any character to be sexualized no and thank goodness it didn't now i'm thinking was there sexualized no i don't think there was but wouldn't it have been really out of place if you just cer- suddenly had an episode or a scene where a character was just overtly sexualized? It would have been so out of place. Well, technically, they sexualized the villagers that they pillaged from when they raped them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but see, that's, that's the type of... Se- that's kind of off screen. <laughs> that's the type of sexualization which would make sense... Because, again, there's so many ifs, ands, or buts. Some yeah. some make sense, some don't. Yeah. That's why I say it definitely depends on the tone and the type of story that you're trying to tell. And and as you say, comedy has a lot of leeway when it comes to things like this because there's a lot of jokes you can make about sex and sexualization. Yeah. A, um, a somewhat recent example of that may be uh, interspecies reviewers which I wouldn't classify necessarily as an overt comedy, but it certainly uses comedy in a sexual way. I feel like it uses sex in a comedic way. <laughs> well, that yeah, that's kind of what I meant to say, but I said it backwards. Um, yeah, which is interesting because like the you don't really see well, I guess you do where the main idea of the show is just to sexualize and then you'll just mm. add a side of comedy. But yeah, those two yeah. things definitely go together. Yeah. Because they're both um, lighthearted. They both like, you don't think they a are. lot. You don't invest a lot of emotion. You just, it's just there. Um, And and like you say, the, the genre of the show can certainly uh, affect it as well. Like, you know, an etchy anime is intentionally supposed to titillate the audience. So you expect characters to be sexualized in that. Especially if it just comes out right at the very beginning. It's like, this is an edgy anime. Get the fuck over it. I mean, I guess. But some like shows are tagged as etchy. And then hmm. they really don't need to be etchy to like actually tell the story they're trying to tell. They just like yes. just added that tag and be like, we're also an etchy show. But we don't really need to be. But we are. Mm. Do you mean like Don Machi? Um... You know, I see Don Machi clearly. I don't know. <laughs> so Don Machi is trying to tell a story, like an adventure fighting story, like a fantasy adventure series. Yeah, but like the actual fantasy adventure isn't that great. the The problem with Don Machi is that it's a bad story in general, so it can't. <laughs> it's a bad it's, story. It's not good really at anything it tries. It's great character designs because everyone's showing fucking skin. 
Oh. I mean, there is a lot of skin going on. Um, But one that I was definitely thinking about is, like, Fire Force, where... Oh, yes. It's trying yeah. to tell... Well, that's not a good example either, honestly. I think in regards to a character like um, uh, Tamaki, it is. Because I think the fan, ser- the, the fan service in that gets overused really quickly. Yeah, but it's not like it's trying to tell a story. Because this actual story is bad, so... Hmm. I mean, it's trying to tell a story. It's not a very good one. <laughs> I mean, my main problem with Fire Force is that its demographic is clearly a young male audience. Like, yeah. and when I say young male, I mean, like, 13. Yeah, 12, 13, 14. Yeah. And I am uncomfortable with the idea of an anime that is aimed at 12 to 13 year olds having super sexualized characters. Um, and that is a big problem to me. I would have like super loved to show fire force to like my younger relatives, but I can't because there's fucking tits everywhere. Yeah. Like, like fire force in general has a really simplistic story that you would think would make a great gateway anime for younger audiences. But then you look at the fan service in there and it's like, I can't show this to like a 10 year old. Yeah. That's completely inappropriate. I don't know if that's a Japanese thing because apparently Japan doesn't give a fuck about sex. It it doesn't Japan, like the West and, and especially like, you know, the U S and Canada more specifically, um, we tend to treat sex and sexuality as something that's still kind of taboo to talk about. At least some aspects of it are taboo to show and talk about. And so we kind of just sweep another rug and it's like, you know, we'll acknowledge that this exists, but don't talk about it. Um, but then you see like in, in Japanese works and not, not just anime Japanese works in general, like you'll see scenes of characters just bathing together naked. And it's like, this is seen as normal. I'm not sure, but I definitely cannot show it to my younger acquaintances. Yeah. I mean, and like I say, it's kind of a shame in the, in the, in fire force. I mean, it's a shame that its story isn't better either, but um, it's also a shame that because it has a lot of those elements of a good gateway anime, it's just because of the like overt fan service and the fact that there are just like tits and half dressed characters in random scenes throughout the show. You can't show it to a really young audience, or at least you don't feel good showing it to a young audience. No, you really can't. I have some like six and seven year old cousins that I'd like to get into anime. I can't show the fire force. No, you shouldn't. <laughs> no, you shouldn't. <laughs> um, so yeah, that, that, that does kind of speak to the, like the whole demographic thing. Um, and whether it's actually acceptable to do this, um, like in a lot of shonen, which are again, designed to, uh, be marketed to and appeal to young male audiences. It's, it's weird to see those sort of fan servicey uh, sexualization moments in there. Like, like fairy tale is a good example of that. There's the character of Lucy gets like sexualized and objectified all the time. Does she? More than she probably should in a in a in a show that's designed to appeal to very young male audience. I didn't really notice. I don't know if she was overtly sexualized, but she's got like a really. She has very large proportions. 
Yes, she has very large <laughs> proportions. That's a great way to put it, and we'll just leave it there. Um, but- Same with Hestia and Don Machi, though. Her boobs get bigger the longer that story goes on. Honestly, I really, I really liked Hestia's initial character design, but in the second season, it was just distasteful. Her the size well, of her boobs, it was just. And then too in the much. OVA where she's running around in a bikini and her boobs are just spilling out all over the place, I'm like, girl, by the third season, you're gonna be like, like quadruple D titties going on here. That's unfortunate. <laughs> And then it's like the exact opposite of something like the Monogatari series where the character of Hanakawa seems to get bigger boobs the further back you go in the story. Oh my. It's like as the story went on, they, the, they realized, I think her boobs are just a little too big. I don't even know what genre Monogatari is. Monogatari See, can be sexual monog- because it's a weird show anyways, so... It is. Monogatari Monogatari is designed to appeal to a more mature audience anyway from its outset. So the like the sexualization in there not only is appropriate for the audience it's attempting to appeal to, it's a, it's appropriate for the story it's trying to tell. Mm-hmm. And um going back to Fairy Tale, I found it interesting that you brought that up because Fairy Tale has a lot of sexualized male characters. That's true. Especially Grey. Who like always is naked? Is yeah, it's shirtless and naked. Um, and like even Natsu is barely wearing anything. So, but that doesn't feel weird because I guess we have different expectations from men and women. Does it feel does Does it feel weird because it's a male character, or does it not feel weird to you because it's a male character and you just happen to be a male yourself? But I'm interested in men. That's true. See, but I feel the exact same way um, because, like, I don't know if it's because I'm a dude or because I kind of am interested in dudes as well, but I don't see it as necessarily a problem when I see, like, a guy running around shirtless. Yet, if I saw a woman running around shirtless in an anime, I, that would that would immediately, like, stand out to me. It's like, oh, shit, what's going on? The sexist double standard at work. Clearly. It is kind of a double standard, but it's it's a double standard like in in the opposite way. Where clearly we... more anime women need to remove their shirts because anime men are allowed to. Hashtag free the nip. I mean, I'm not going to disagree with you there. Actually, there is no nip, <laughs> so you can't free it. Sorry. That's true. Well, in anime, there typically isn't with men. That's unfortunate. Well, oh yeah. Wait, why do men not have nipples, but women do? Fucking sexism. <laughs> that is a good question. I don't know where that trend in anime started, but it really needs to end because it is kind of creepy when you see a male character with his shirt off and he has no nipples. I'm looking, I look down at myself sometimes and I'm thinking, something's not right here. Uh, nipples are too feminine. If you have a nipple, then you're gay. <laughs> the feminine nipple. Yeah. Men so I like the feminine nipples. penis. I don't know what kind of gender you are. <laughs> I don't know. That's something that's kind of unique. Uh, it, well, it's certainly unique to animation, but it's also pretty unique to anime because in like Western animated stuff with actual human characters, um, typically if a char- if a male character takes their shirt off or has their shirt off in any scene, they have nipples. So the nipples are ugly and 
gross. So I have to disagree with you there, man. We have to. It's only allowed moe things in anime, so nipples are not allowed. Mm. That's my <laughs> justification. <laughs> uh, all right. So, um, I guess this is gonna be like the really weird, the weirdest fucking uh transition, but um, the whole like the context of things like sexualization and objectification um there are some anime out there that sort of have a a meta narrative with things like that where you'll have uh characters within the show objectify or sexualize a character even though the show itself doesn't so i'm gonna stop you right there (laughs) okay (laughs) so i was gonna say that there were two different types of of objectification the first type is in the actual show. So contextually, mm-hmm. there's when one character sexualizes another, like what we were talking about in Vinland Saga, when one character rapes another. Um, <laughs> and then... Which you don't actually see, you just hear about. <laughs> we have a different type of sexualization where the director of the show... Um, indirectly sexualizes the characters like in Don Machi where the tits grow and jiggle and people are shirtless Um, like no one technically no one is sexualizing anyone it's just like the camera shots and whenever the director decides to put in a um, beach episode there's like or a hot springs episode it was the director's idea to do that it's like the characters aren't really sexualizing each other is just like we are being presented with a sexual uh, situation that is not necessarily um, relevant. So yeah, it's like, like um, in, in scenes of conversation sometimes, especially between two rather attractive female characters in an anime, you'll see like the camera angle shift to some kind of low butt shot on one of the characters during the conversation. It's like, are you just doing this to distract me from the fact that this conversation you've written is really boring, so you're just showing me an ass? I don't know, because sometimes the conversations are interesting. Like in the Monogatari series. And then they just, there's a very weird camera shot for no reason. I don't. But well, the Monogatari yeah, series is not a good example. But yes, they do that in the Monogatari series. But it's almost like they're making fun of it in the Monogatari series. It's almost like yeah, I mean, they kind of are a deconstruction of Echi. But, but, um, in other shows, it is not used sarcastically. It is like used as a serious filler while the conversation goes on. Um, and I'm not entirely sure is that like to sell merch. Or I don't know, but it is distracting sometimes, especially when it happens in a scene where it would be just as good without it. Is it because maybe they wanted to save on animation, so they just zoom in on like a line that represents a butt crack. <laughs> <laughs> I I will say there are some ways though that um that directors can subvert this, and probably the biggest example I or the best example I can actually think of is in Kaon. So there's, I mean, this is not a spoiler or anything. Not that there's much to spoil in Kaon because the plot is what it is. Um, but there's a scene where one of the characters, Mio, falls over while she's wearing like a really 
I won't say a revealing maid outfit during a performance, but it's it's the kind where if you bent over, you would see panties. Um, and she falls what? over Anime a cord during the... Doesn't wear an outfit where she bends over and you see panties. Uh, uh, but true, keep going. true. Revy, maybe, from Black Lagoon. Um, but um, she she falls over and, like, she's her butt's facing the, the audience. And, you know, any other show, you would just show the fucking panties, but it immediately shows a bowl of fucking rice that looks like striped panties. It immediately cuts to a bowl of rice that, that looks like striped panties. I'm glad that you brought up this example because that is truly... <laughs> the uh shot of the century i mean it it definitely subverts your expectations as an anime fan especially you know as one who's seen a few edgy series like you expect that to be what happens in this scene like the character falls over she's embarrassed and because you know she's basically flashing her panties at the audience so you know as an audience member you're about to see those panties but then you cut to a fucking bowl of rice hmm I've always loved that transition. Like it, it, it's it would have been so easy to just go the edgy route and show the panties, but you didn't. You didn't do it. I mean, but Kaon isn't really an edgy show, is it? It isn't. But I'm just saying how easy it would have been to succumb to the temptation to do that. But Kyoto Animation isn't doesn't really do they? Well, they don't usually stoop to that low of showing panties. No, they don't. So they typically don't have to because either the narrative or the characters can carry the story. They they have to waste their animation budget on more important things like water, like water and background art. Exactly. Um, but maybe we want to ask the question of what we think about the sexualization. So, do we think that it's okay for directors to do these sexual? Uh, camera angles and uh, like bathhouse situations. I think we we've, we've kind of touched on. I think it depends on the situation. I think there are situations where yeah, it's perfectly acceptable to do that to to sexualize your characters. Um, but there is a time and a place for it. And if you're just ruining the tone or the narrative structure of your show just to put in a panty shot or you know a beach episode or whatever. Like, just don't do it. <laughs> yep, that's completely true. And on the flip side, do we think it's okay for characters to sexualize, like, other characters? Again, if the narrative, like, if the narrative needs a, a character to be, like, a womanizer, yeah. So, I I don't think I have an example of this, but... My main problem with uh, one character sexualizing another character is that if that's going to happen, then the there has to be a reaction from either from someone, a bystander or the person who's being sexualized that like is appropriate to what is happening. Because if there's just this idiot character that goes around sexualizing all these people and then no one says anything and they're just like oh he's just being stupid then like that's not i don't that's not okay because you're just being you're just basically enabling him and it's like at that point is it the character that's that's sexualizing the characters or is it the director 
is that character yeah. just a mouthpiece for the director? Because no one I, seems to give a fuck. I, I think a good example of that might be um, like the character of Yohei Sunahara in, in Clanad, who is kind of a comic relief character, but he's also a bit of a womanizer and he doesn't really have a lot of respect for women. He just wants a girl. Um, and so he constantly gets berated for this because he gets beaten up by some of the girls he approaches. Hmm. And kind of just he he almost he does sort of objectify them in the way he approaches them, and he gets his comeuppance because of it. I guess, but like I don't remember particularly how that went. But wasn't it like supposed to be a comedic thing that the yeah girl- he starts at, he starts out as almost purely a comic relief character, but he he does grow throughout the 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 run of the show, and he kind of stops being such a womanizer. Yeah, see, I don't I have a problem with that because like. Oh, I'm gonna sexualize you. Oh, you're hitting me. Haha, <laughs> it's so funny. I'm getting beat up. I don't think that's. <laughs> I don't. I'm not okay with that. Cause, like, they don't. Again, that is a comedy show. See, okay. The, the thing with, with that situation, I would be okay in that kind of situation if the director, like, mm-hmm. did a shot that would sexualize the girls. But if it's the character sexualizing the girls, and then, and then. The director is like, oh, these girls aren't really, like, this is going to be a comedic situation where he doesn't, he, like, pretends to get punished for his sexualization, but he doesn't actually, like, to me, that's a bit off-putting. What if they do both? That's a lot of things happening at once, Alex. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to, I was going to, like, the whole thing with Clanad, like, there's one scene in particular that does stand out where as he's getting beaten up by one of the girls, you can kind of see up her skirt. So Well, that's even worse. <laughs> even worse. What about something like um uh Chobits where like the whole like sexualization is sort of played for laughs in general where in Chobits it, since it revolves around a group of like androids that you have to turn on by pushing a button that's in between their legs uh-huh. like if that's not a fucking metaphor for hitting the g-spot i don't know what is that's fine because that's so ridiculous that you can make it sexual it's fine okay listen <laughs> i mean don't, I, I do, don't I, question I do my judgment okay i i, 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 I don't am... disagree with you <laughs> again this is all our opinions I mean, the whether you agree or disagree with these situations is honestly, it's really it's up to you. Yeah, this is a very subjective uh, topic, which is kind kind of why I thought it was worth talking about. That you know, there's a lot of people that would have different like for the whole Chobits thing. There's a lot of people that would think having to reach between uh, an android's legs that is designed to appear very feminine. Well, I I don't, be, I don't like I haven't even watched Chobits. I don't know if Chobits has like an actual plot going on for it. I assume it does not. It does. It does. It does actually. Yes. Well, but I don't. It, it, it I starts don't know. out. It's it starts out with that whole thing. You have to turn them on by pushing a button in between their legs. Oh, that's how it starts. That's how. That's yeah. It's how the whole story starts. Like you find out that they're because he. The whole thing starts when he finds this like abandoned, broken down android, brings her home, and he can't figure out how to turn her on. And he's like, he he looks all over the body, and then he realizes, where's the only place I haven't looked? <gasps> In between her legs. Well then, well it depends on how serious the story is. 
Maybe it, it gets more and more serious as the story goes along. I'm not entirely sure. I haven't seen Chobits. You should watch Chobits. No, I like it a lot. I'm not watching Chobits. <laughs> too moe. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I was kind of thinking of Grimgar as an example of a character hmm. that was sexualizing everyone and no one gave a fuck, which was Ranta. And he just fucking sexually harasses every fucking woman he sees and nothing really happens and he's just like everybody's just like oh we have to put up with him because he's our comrade and we have to stick up for our friendos but at the same time he's also a dirtbag that literally traumatizes women so that this is like this is like an example of a fictional character where if they were a real person no one would have anything to do with them because they're a literal piece of shit yeah, and no one like I understand that like that the the director was trying to uh characterize him as an asshole, but at the same time, he never gets his comeuppance. He never gets his karma at least in the show. Well, it's also worth mentioning he doesn't really get that in the manga either. Like he never really changes or the novel. But, but I mean uh, that's what I meant to say, the novel, not the manga. Yeah, like in that case, if you, like I'm sa- like I've been saying, if you're gonna have a character that sexualizes them, he has to be reprimand or he or she has to be reprimanded, um, mm. by the characters in the story, or else, you know, it's basically just a director sexualizing people. So you know, when you said when you said Grimgar, I had to stop for a second. Like, ooh, Grimgar, that's a name I haven't heard in a long time. I know. <laughs> and even when it was airing, it wasn't that popular. You guys should watch Grimgar, guys. It's just so <laughs> it's really good, and no one likes it. No. Uh, but but that is a really good example of a character who definitely objectifies and sexualizes people around him, and then just absolutely learns nothing from it. And he just he doesn't he doesn't get punished by and no anything. one even calls him out yeah. for it either. That's that's the worst thing. Like that's that's one of the things I actually didn't like about Grimgar. Well, the anime in particular, that no one ever calls him on his fucking bullshit. I know. It's like they always like, well, I don't like him, but we gotta work with him. Like, no, you don't. Find someone else. Exactly. There's a million other people in this world. I don't know. If there's a million other people, but honey, you're you better my off. Point. They him. weren't limited to just using him. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> It's, it, it, is, it is stuff like that that does does irritate me from a narrative standpoint um, because, you know, a writer should definitely know better. Like, a character like this would not be tolerated for very long, IRL. No. So what about what about something like, um, like Kill a Kill, which is pretty sexual in how it presents itself and doesn't even really try that hard to tell a, a serious story? With Kill a Kill... It's just an action-oriented show. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the symbolism and metaphors, I think, was trying to send a message that uh, you're supposed to be comfortable with your body, so you should expose yourself, which I personally took as a positive message. So I was fine with the kill a kill a sexualization because it was the outfit that was sexualizing her, not like a person. 
So well, yeah, and she makes it. It's made very clear early in the story that the main character Ryuko is kind of uncomfortable with it at first. Yeah, like she's very she's very shy about the fact that this outfit is very revealing. I mean, yeah, her personality definitely helps because she's yeah she was shy at first, but like in general, her character is very bombastic and strong and like very in your face. So for a character like her, it seemed like an arc where she was getting over her insecurities about her body because basically she the the story was like if you get over your embarrassment about your body, you can like get stuff done, like solve the mystery about your father and stuff. So that could be interpreted as a positive message. Mm. Although it is, I mean... The vehicle for that message is a little questionable. <laughs> it is very questionable. I can definitely understand people not liking that. But I personally yeah. liked it. I mean, I, I fucking love Kill a Kill. It's one of my favorite anime ever. But I can certainly understand how people would see that, even if the overall message is one of, um, you know, a positive message about being comfortable in your own skin. Um, the vehicle for that message is definitely open to some interpretation. Yeah, I mean, it can come off as patronizing because, you know, she has, I guess, a stereotypically attractive body type. Um, so By trigger standards, I guess. By what? <laughs> by trigger standards. I mean, she's not, like, weirdly proportioned. She's, like, she's no. pretty generic. So having an arc about accepting your body when you have a normal body might not might come off as like stupid uh, I would say it's more someone some people might be inclined to be very pandered to by that message yeah um I mean I thought yeah so I can understand people who are not okay with kill a kill hmm. um but yeah I was I I like the message I liked I like the show specifically for the message. Um, that was like yeah. literally the only thing I liked about Kill Kill. Well, the action the action sequences are pretty good too. Let's be honest. They were, but I didn't really care for them. And the soundtrack was good. Oh yeah, the soundtrack <laughs> was amazing. Um, but kind of off the back of Kill a Kill, like you know, Kill a Kill is helmed like the main character is supposed to be the strong, independent female character, but with you know, she has a revealing outfit, but it kind of serves a purpose in the story. One thing I don't like is when you have these female characters that are supposed to be like main characters who you throw out there and you introduce them as these strong, independent uh, female characters, but then they seem to wear revealing clothing for no reason. It doesn't serve the purpose of the story. It doesn't even kind of go along with their their character it's just it's only there to get you like engrossed in this character yeah that wouldn't make sense but also like i don't know i don't know what specifically you're talking about but uh well there there as much as i actually love this show i do kind of got to point it out i'm kind of referring to aqua and uh konosuba she has a sexual outfit oh you mean her um skirt the fact that she has the schrodinger's pantsu was that a joke they made in the show or was that a meme i don't think it was ever said in the show um but i i do think it was kind of started as a meme yes oh okay 
I mean, yeah, she has a short skirt, but she isn't even a serious character. Well, that's true. It is, and like you say, it is a comedy, so I give it a lot of leeway in that regard. Um, I honestly thought it was fine. See, like, it's hard for me to tell if Aqua is the kind of girl who wears short skirts because, like, it doesn't necessarily have to... Like, in real life, women can have whatever personality they want and then wh- that the personality doesn't have to necessarily match how much skin they want to expose. Like, so to me, I am seeing Aqua's personality with the amount of skin she's exposing doesn't necessarily not make sense to me Mm. because I find that except like I, that doesn't, that, that doesn't contradict itself for me. But what about a character like Elizabeth from seven deadly sins? Again. Okay. First of all, the outfit that she wears is is very exposing, but I feel like that is the type of outfit that outfit that she would wear with her personality. See, I don't because she seems a little more modest than that. Really? Okay, to me she seems like an airhead that it's like, mm, I um, don't know what I'm doing. I'm ditzy. Oh, oops, I spilled some water on my shirt. Can you wipe it off? Can you wipe it off? Um, but my problem with Seven Deadly Sins is that Meliodas never asks for consent before he physically sexually assaults her. So yeah, he is a little bit rapey when it comes to Elizabeth. I'll be honest. That is my main problem with that show. I'm fine okay. if she wants to wear some fucking tight ass shirt that's like her boobs are popping out of. But I was referring more to how short her skirt is, but. Girl, her boobs are the size of fucking Mars. <laughs> That's very true. I don't know how she stands up. She gonna, like, literally fall down like the Leaning Tower of Pisa. Uh, I mean, there, there's there's literally hundreds of other examples I could give of this, and we could talk about them, but... Well, one thing I wanted to bring up was that, like, a lot of fighting shows with feet... Well, they actually are fighting each other with, like, swords and guns and stuff have women that are wearing outfits that are not conducive to fighting, like that expose their vital points to um to being attacked. Um which really pulls the viewer out of the like action aspect because if the show isn't even taking the action aspect seriously, then how are we as viewers supposed to take it seriously? Um, cough, Yoko from Current Logan. Cough. Uh, I don't know if you, I was. I sure. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. She's fighting in a bikini and short shorts. Come on. Yeah, but like the war that she's fighting is also a very strange one. That's I don't very even true. Know what she's fighting, honestly. I don't know. Like there, there's some of it where I expect it, like you know, Ikitosen from years ago, um, where it was literally just a show about girls fighting and ripping their clothes off. Like, okay, you, you sold that to me as an edgy show, so I mean, it, it's kind of shitty, but I'll take it anyway. But then, um, it's just so many examples where it, it just doesn't need to happen, but it does. Yeah, I don't know, but as we've said, a lot of this comes down to to personal taste, I think, about what you as a viewer are willing to subject yourself to and are willing to see. 
Um, obviously there are people who have people who have different limits than other people. Some people don't want to see sexualized characters. And that's fine. If that's, if that's what you want, then by all means, don't watch the things that do that. This is true. But at the same time, that doesn't like make, that doesn't give complete creative license to the directors of these shows to do whatever they want and be like, oh, it's, if you don't like it, it's just personal taste. Yeah. Well, I mean, if if you pander or patronize the audience too much, they'll just leave. Yeah. After a while. Mm-hmm. Um. I mean, hell. I mean, this is not necessarily a, a sexualization thing, but you see that with like the Star Wars franchise. Like people have left that in droves because a lot of people feel like the people that are making it now are just completely pandering to the audience. I wouldn't know. So, I. I think the same thing kind of applies here that if you just keep doing this and expecting people to show up, eventually people will stop wanting to be pandered to, or, you know, just they'll just stop because it's not what they want. It's not what a majority of people that people want from it. Yeah. And it's, it's very funny because people who express their opinion on this kind of subject, whether it's like criticizing the director for being like, why, would you sexualize this person or on the, or the complete opposite being like, Oh, I like that this person is sexualized. Both of those kind of opinions, like always get fucking shot down and they start like flame wars. Um, when they don't necessarily need to, I think that both of those opinions are valid and they're both, uh, respectable and we just have to learn to respect each other's opinions. I'm sure you and I will both get labeled as SJWs for even bringing that topic. But I am topic. SJW. Well, <laughs> Fight I'm me. glad someone here Fight wears that with me. a badge of honor. Huh? Um, but no, you're, you're right. Like, people get very, very sensitive about these things. And I'm like, yeah, I'm all for artistic freedom. But you also, when, when you're going to, you know, hide behind that, you also have to open yourself up to criticism of the things you create. Yeah, I think um, both ways, like, it's a legitimate... It's legitimate to think that, you know, it's a, both of those opinions are legitimate. What I'm saying. Uh, I don't really have a good transition to end this. What do you got? <laughs> well, you have this last point that I don't know what, you don't want to talk about it? I I didn't, I, I think we've kind of glossed over it, but I mean, I was going to, I was going to bring up the point about waifu and husbando culture playing a part in like objectification of fictional characters, which it kind of does. But then I think, yeah, but most people get over that by the time they're 14 or 15. I am 27 and I have 4,000 husbandos <laughs> all lined up on my shelf that I thoroughly please. Whoa, whoa, what does that mean? Honey. <laughs> what goes behind what goes on behind my bedroom doors? No one will know. <laughs> I think that's a great place to end this show. <laughs> sure. Uh, all right so thank you all for dropping in to listen to us we hope you enjoyed it because we always enjoy bringing this stuff to you if you want to check out other episodes of the podcast you can find us on apple podcast youtube bit shoot soundcloud and spotify 
if you want to keep up with what we're doing, you can join us on Discord, Facebook, Twitter, and our website. Shoot us an email if you have any questions or if you have ideas for topics you'd like for us to talk about in the future. Links to all these things will be down below in the description. As always, I have been your host, Alex, and I will see you next time. Say goodnight, show. Good night. That's it? You don't have anything snarky? Do I look like a snark factory to you? Yes. Wow. Did you just call me fat? Yes. (laughs) I'm going to go run and hide now. Good night, everybody. (laughs) 